Welcome to Moran Talmud, the podcast where we explore the depths of Jewish philosophy through the lens of Moran Avuchim and other great Jewish philosophers. Join us as we delve into the intricacies of the Talmud and gain a deeper understanding of various sugyas in Shas. So, what we're going to discuss tonight is we're going to discuss, as the topic says, creation and cons- conservation. So basically, as the, and we'll explain what that means. So as the Rambam says here in Moranavuchim, in the first Chalek, in the 16th Perak. And the Rambam comes to disagree, as he does quite often in these chapters, in the first Chalek, with the Mutan, the Mutak Kalmim, the Kalim, or as known as the Medabrim. And he comes to disagree, he says like this, he says, the philosophers... Call God the first cause, which is in Hebrew, I don't know what it is in Arabic, we're going to leave it for the professionals, but it's either the Ila or the Siba. He uses normally the Ramam in, in Yad, in Maranavuchim, he uses the word, I mean not Maranavuchim, in Mishnah Torah, Yad Chazaka, he uses the word Ila, okay, which is basically the cause. So Hashem, the, the, the philosophers call Hashem the cause, the first cause. And the Madabrim, the Mutankalim, they're very upset by this, and they call him, in the translation, his, I don't even know what that. That means agents. They call him the poil. They call him the actor. So they basically, in a very, you know, just to summarize a little bit, they understand that. Muslim with the Kalim again. They the, are the the, the Muslim Kalim are the. It's a group basically of Muslim thinkers. I don't know if they call themselves not philosophers. The philosophers. Not the philosophers. They're Muslim thinkers. They're based. It's a much more let's call it a religious brand of thinking. So it's Greeks versus the Muslims. Yeah, the but I mean, are the Greeks and the. Yeah, but the, so the, but I translated it down the line. It's very interestingly, the Kalim was but it started but it started based on the very Quranic thinking, but it came to represent a lot of, in a funny way, a much more religious base of thinking. Not that the yeah. philosophers weren't religious, but they, their premise was coming from a different premise. And the philosophers, like a lot of Muslim philosophers that were following at the time of Aristotle and Plato, whatever it happens to be, the Rabban calls the philosopher, that he came to disagree with this mode of thought called the Mutan Kalim. There were Jewish, there's Jewish Kalim. So there's a whole school of thought called Jewish Kalim. Okay. Anyway, so, so I mean, as we've seen in all the, and, until now, there's lots of the times that the Amor agreed with the Kalim. There's all mm-hmm. other times that they've seen they agree. It's not like okay. completely foreign. So anyways, but the Kalim, they, they called Hashem the creator, basically, the doer. Mm-hmm. And they felt that Hashem was constantly, constantly recreating the world. As in, in every moment, Hashem recreates the world. Hashem performs an action of creation. And therefore, they're very upset with, with the philosophers that call, that call Hashem the, um, the Ilah, the first cause. Because they also, uh, remembering, and just, just a bit of the historical context, but they were coming to, I mean, the, the, the Kalim was, was trying to create a, they were, like, were coming from, as you said, a religious perspective, and they were upset with the, with the other Muslim at the time, philosophers who were coming and claiming to be from Muslims, but were saying that God was the first cause and not God was not the creator, because they believed that God, God, God created the world. And Aristotle, and this is what the Ramam says in the, the second paragraph, I think I bought, might have been, and might not have bought it, might have been the next paragraph, but Aristotle believed in an eternal world. So that's why they said, you know why the philosophers don't cause, call Hashem the first, why they call Hashem the first cause? Because the first cause means the first cause, but it's not the creator, because Hashem didn't create the world. He just 
the way Aristotle seems to understand it, and it really works in Richard Dawkins, the blind watchmaker. I mean, not even that he was blind, not even that he was a watchmaker. All he did was give force. That is what God is. It's a very weird concept of God. I mean, I don't think... Well, it's not so weird. It's got a, it's got a basic... No, no, it's got a basic idea, but he doesn't the talk first, to anyone. The first thing that ever just, All it is, is it's, a, it's a force. It gives force. It's not the first thing it ever was. God and the universe existed simultaneously because it's an eternal universe. Why are you saying first? Because this is the key point, right? That, that it's meant to be the universe exists eternally. Yeah, but why does a first cause have to... I don't know if you said it yet, but why does a first, first cause have to exist simultaneously no, so that, with no, no, so, so its so that's, first result? The, all, why can't the, the first the, cause... Their issue was just... Their issue was they were saying, you know why you're calling it the first cause? You call it the first cause... Because you're claiming that God didn't create the world. You're calling it the first cause. So the Ramam comes along and he argues. He says, don't think that I call it the first cause. Because I believe that Hashem didn't create the world. Or any of the philosophers. Aristotle definitely would have. But there were Muslim philosophers based in Aristotelian worldview. that were calling Hashem the first cause. So he explains that why. is that He says that Hashem is the cause of something. And, and the, the, the something that is the, the cause of something else. Is as if it's still creating it. Hashem is not creating. The Mutan Kalam felt and the Kalam felt, and the, this has source in Torah idea also, that Hashem is constantly recreating all this, almost as if he's doing an action. He's recreating, recreating, recreating. The Ramam understands that the, that the ability to create, and this is, I'm going to explain it now the way the Rogachov explains it, but it's, it's clear from, really, from Marimuchim, the, the ability to create something. And the choice to leave to leave it as it is. You create something and you keep that that status quo. The fact that you don't destroy it is almost a form of creation. You're cons- constantly creating it and you're constantly keep it going. Now the Ramam takes that a step further. Because in the Ramam in the in, the, in your Surah Torah, in the first paragraph of your Surah Torah, um, he says, I mean, in the history, the first halach in Yisrael Torah is the foundation of the foundation. The pillar of wisdom is to know that there is a primary being who brought into being all existence. Creator. And that's what he uses, the Lashon, um, I know it doesn't hear. All the beings of the heaven and earth and what is between them came to existence only from the truth of his being. He's the cause. He's the first cause. That's, that's where he brings it. And then in the next halach he says, If you could imagine, if one could imagine that a Kodesh didn't exist. Nothing else could exist. So the, the way the Ramam is understanding is Hashem is the first cause. Hashem could theoretically at any point destroy the world. Therefore, it's Kilu is constantly creating the world. Because if you let something carry on being, it's as if you're constantly creating. You're reaffirming, let's call it, the world's existence. You don't have to recreate it physically. You don't have to do a physical act of creation. But you reaffirm the world's existence by allowing it to be. And the Ram says more than that. Once, if you could imagine Hashem wouldn't exist, the world wouldn't exist either. So you're saying, but how does he differ with, differ with the Muslim philosophy? No, because that, so that's so what we're going to The only difference is that they say that he's actively always creating. The only difference is they say he's actively, actively always creating. That every moment Hashem is creating the world in you. Says the Ramam, you don't need to say, to call Hashem every moment creator, the first cause. The first cause doesn't mean that Hashem is any less involved. But the creation that he does, the act that he does, is, is not a physical, let, let's call it, I don't know if Hashem's creation is a physical act, but he's not redoing and redoing and redoing. He's allowing it to, 
his, his allowance of the world to exist and the fact that he can destroy it is as if he's creating it anew every time. And do we care what the, what the Aristotle said on this point? No, because Aristotle didn't have a creator. Aristotle... He did. He said there was a God. No, there was a, there was a God. Yeah, but he didn't create. So we're discussing in creation. So the Aristotelian world, and that's why in this, this year, I thought there's a very religious content. Like, yeah. I, I didn't... And I wasn't really so interested in what Aristotle felt okay, because cool. it's got no religious... I'm saying it's not connected to what we're discussing here. We, in the end of the day, we got to look at it from a, the creation specifically is a religious thing. Time is is, an, is, is a, it exists in our world. How we look at it, creation is a very religious thing. So I thought we'll just bring the Ramam. And but what I wanted to do is now take this idea and take this machloket and try understand how it can fit into into Allah. Because we as just to, we have two things, and that's what's called creation and conservation. If you can you can Google it, this is the two. The Ramam is. A conservationist, Hashem conserves the world, He allows the world to exist. Whereas the Kalam are creationists, they believe that there's a constant recreation of the world. There are other shittas and other you know, subgroups, but those are the, the, these are two of the basic ones. And um, that's, the, 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 that's the two shittas. Now, the Rogat Shavagon, and this is, explains this beautifully. He says that any time, any time that a person does any action, any time that a person does any any, you know, whether it's a mitzvah, whether it's just any action, and as we said, he allows, he has the ability to stop that action, and he allows it to carry on existing. It's as if he's constantly doing that action. He's not physically constantly doing that action. It's as if he's constantly doing that action, though. Therefore, he he says, uh, for example, he gives he gives an example of hektesh. You make something kaddish. You bring a korban. You summon to bring a korban. Because a person can go to three judges. And ask them to remove his nadir, to remove his promise, to go back on his promise. Because he can go get that permission, so he can be shoyal on his hegdesh. Therefore, every moment, and he brings a few nafkaminas, which we don't have to go into, but just a nice example. Every moment as if he recreated the hegdesh, because he has the ability to remove it, and he doesn't. So it's as if he recreated it. Now, says the Rogat Shavagon, and it's a beautiful idea, as he explains, there's a machloket between the Rambam and the Ravid. That, that he explains based on this argument between the Ramam and the Kalam. Because, as we said, there's a lot of, we can, we can definitely say, in the, there's definitely sources that would go in Jewish thought, like the Kalam, that Hashem recreates the world all the time. It's not, a, it's not foreign to Jewish thought. And so he says, this is the Machlok between the Ramam and the Ramid. The Ramam says, yeah, in the Hilchot's issues, that if a person married many wives and then he passed away. Now, he married the wives at different times in his life. So Niach Nashim Rabbat, he left many wives. He passed away. Now there's the, his heirs have to support the woman. There's only a certain amount of money left. Even though they married one after another, they didn't get married at the same time. First married this one, then he married this one, then he married this one. They are fed. They are given mazonas. They are what's the word? They are given uh, sustained. Okay. Sustained. They're given like almost an allowance equally. Because there's no different, there's no din of kadima, there's no first in line when it comes to mazonis, when it comes to giving, to giving sustenance in, in a, to the to the widow. Says the Ravid, Says this is a lefisha ain chiyuv mazonis el lachar moisa because the chiyuv of mazonis the chiyuv of the sasnas only is chal after he dies. 
So we have a here Machloket. The Ravid argues. The Ramam says there's no order in the Mazonis. There's no. There's just no. There's no one comes before the other in the Mazonis. The Ravid comes along and says the reason why he argues. He says I don't agree with you, Ramam. He says the, the reason why is not because there's no order. He says because the Chi of Mazonis, the Chi of to sustain, only happens after the God does. So it all they're all married when he does. So therefore, that's that's the time the Chi says. Says the Rogat Shavu. He says beautifully. He says the Ramam understands. That marriage is every moment. It's very romantic. Marriage every moment is a new marriage. A man has the ability at every moment to give a gift. Every moment that he keeps that marriage going, it's as if he got remarried. It's as if he's redoing it. As the Ramah says, it's as if he's recreating the world. He's not creating the world. He's not doing an action of marriage. But it's as if he's recreating the world. Therefore, every moment is as if a new marriage. He's married. He was married to woman number one, but... Ten seconds later, or one day later, he's remarrying her, he's remarrying her, and remarrying He's married to woman number two, but he's remarrying both women, he's remarrying both women. Therefore, there's no, there's not going to be one that was married first and one that was married second, because in reality, they're all getting remarried all the time, in the this, in this sense, even though they're not doing the action of marriage. Whereas the Ravid says the Rogachava held like the Kalim. Held that each, that Hashem creates the world each moment, Hashem recreates the world, therefore you need an action. If I don't have an action of remarriage, there is no remarriage. They're just married. They got married. They stay married. There's no reaction and reaction and reaction. Hashem, for Hashem to recreate the world, he has to do an action of recreation. So too, for me to remarriage, I need to do an action of remarriage. The fact that I let something, I conserve a situation, isn't as if I created it. Okay. And this is the way they think. Yeah. Now, with this, I want to bring a beautiful maharal. I bring the maharal as it's brought here in the safe on the back of the page. But a rabbi named Rav Arya Fruma, who wrote a sefer, it was the Talmud of the Avnanazer, and he wrote a sefer called Siyah Hasadeh. And he brings the moral that says like this. He asks a question. If you look here in this page, he asks a question like this. He says, The Talmud tells us that anyone who reads Krishna on the bed, anyone who reads Krishna before they go to sleep, that Damaging spirits, or damaging angels, whatever it is, stay away from him. Okay? So, so ask the question, why, why, shma, why, ask, you know, the, the, the simple question, why, shma, why, the bed, why, like, what's happening here? What's, why, why that? Why is that keeping, keeping the mazikim away? So answer is because it's Torah. So he answers because learning Torah, learning Torah takes away mazikim, takes away bad, bad spirits. So washma, just learn some Torah. We're sitting here, we're learning some Torah, to keep away bad spirits. Washma. So he answers, and he, he answers like this. He says, <coughs> he says a person is chayev every moment of the night to say shma. The person's sorry, let's restart again. The person's chayav every moment of the day and of the night to learn Torah. Every moment is a new mitzvah. Every moment you learn Torah is a new mitzvah. I didn't learn Torah 10 minutes ago. I can never make that mitzvah. And therefore, I've lost it. Whatever it is, whether you can say that you were over on Bittal Torah, you weren't over on Bittal Torah, you can never learn Torah in that moment that I missed. And it's finished. Kriyachma is not every moment a new mitzvah. I have one chiyuv of Kriyachma. I have a chiyuv of kriyachma in the morning and a chiyuv of kriyachma at night. And that chiyuv just extends for a period of time. Like we've discussed a bit before with time. Let's call it a, not a blob of time. It's probably not a good term. But 
a, a, a gush, a gush of Tav. So now, so now he says like this, this is Kriyashma. When, when I say Kriyashma, then that means that I've done the mitzvah, I'm doing the mitzvah now, and I'm doing the mitzvah the next moment, and I'm doing the next one the next moment, and I'm doing the next mitzvah the next moment. The whole time, I'm Chayav in Shema, that whole period of time, the whole night, I'm Chayav in Shema. When I say Shema now, I've said Shema. Now I don't have to say Shema again. Why? Because as if I'm saying Shema again. As if I'm saying Shema again. What he calls a pa'ulanim shechet, a continuous action. What I've done is an action, and I do an action again, and I do the as, as if I did the action again, as if I did the action again, and I've said Shema again, and I've said Shema again. Well, now, because I didn't regret it. Pardon? Because I didn't regret it. So that's, that's we, we get beautiful, so I'll get, get to that. But at every moment, I'm doing it again. Doing it again, I'm doing it again, I'm doing it again. So now, when I... Now, just to go to the regret point. So when do we say, Lefida Ramam, we can have a Pu'ulunim Shechet, when could you have a recreation, as long as you have the ability to take it back. So, and that's, I think, what we're going through with the regret. I have to have the ability to take the action back. To see it as a continuous action, to see it as or not, a, or to see it as the recreation and recreation. Same as Hashem, He can stop creating the world. Therefore, He allows the world to exist as if He recreated the world. Kriyashma, I have to be able to, according to this way and the way the Rosh was saying, I have to be able to stop Kriyashma. I have to not do Kriyashma. I have to take it away. How do I take it away? Says the Rambam in Hilchos Tshuva, Halacha Gimel. Anyone who changes his mind about the mitzvahs he has performed regrets the merits he has earned. Says his heart, what value? What they're doing them, I wish I had performed them, loses them all, and no merit is preserved for him at all. Um, at all. And therefore, the Ramam says, a person can, a person can, it's a scary thing, a person can, at his deathbed, he can have regret. And regret wipes away anything that a person's done before. Regret wipes away, whether it's mitzvahs or avayras. If a person regrets the actions that he has, truly regrets them, it wipes away. A person can live his life full of mitzvahs, have regret, and he wipes them all away. Same is true the other way A person can live his life full of avarice, that's for sure. But at his deathbed, he can regret them. True, true regret. And that's true. It wipes them away. But this is a scary thing that the other way around works also. A person can have regrets and wipe away his mitzvahs. Therefore, a person when he says Kriyashma, he says Kriyashma now. In theory, he can have regret and wipe it away. He can stop that Kriyashma. Because he doesn't, as if he says Kriyashma again. Says if he says Kriyashma again. Says if he says Kriyashma again. Says the says the Maharal, do you know why a person is protected with their Kriyashma at night before they go to bed? I mean, it's Lav Dafka Abed Tamshma, it's the night Tamshma, because a person is continuously saying Shema, and when you say Shema, you're continuously learning Torah. Now, when I learn Torah now at night, it doesn't carry over to the next moment, to the moment that I stop, because the mitzvah of Torah this moment and the next moment are not connected. Whereas Kriyashma, it's the, the mitzvah is on the whole night. It's an Undivisible block of time. So, so, I, can't so I can't just learn Torah once and be protected the whole night. The whole year. Or the whole year or whatever it would be. I have to do. Uh, but Kriyachma, I can. I'm, I learn Kriyachma once at that. And that's Kilo. I'm learning Torah every moment. Because Kilo, I'm saying Kriyachma every moment. Which means I'm protected from whatever these bad Mazikim are. Now the same is true. And it's a beautiful. Uh, the, the, and this concept extends to many things. But that's only true according to the Rambam. It's only true in this way we learn the Rambam. We'd have to explain. We'd have to explain this chat another way. For the rabbit. <laughs> for the rabbit, for the color. But we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to stick to the Rambam for today. Okay. I like the Rambam. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Okay. <laughs> so, so now, so now he goes. Now we're going to say like this another, another point. He, he brings a few examples. 
in the in this uh, in his safe over here. Brings a few examples. Like for example, he brings he brings a person who steals. This is also great. Why you chayev? Why when you, when a person steals a lulav? Okay, he steals a lulav. It's called there's a it's mitzvah hababa vera. Why are you not fulfilling your mitzvah when you take use a stone lulav? No. Even on the second day, Beautiful. because of the first day you need lachem, you need it to be your lulav. But on the second day, why aren't you fulfilling the mitzvah? Says because a mitzvah hababa vera. It's a mitzvah that's coming through an avera. Now the question is, why is it coming through an avera? I did the avera already. What's it got to do with now? The answer he says, person has a chiyu, uh, a person has a mitzvah asay of a heishevet agzela to return the the stolen object. Every moment a person keeps a stolen object, they can always give it back. If any moment he keeps a stolen object, is if he's re-stealing it, because he's re-stealing it. Therefore, right now he's doing the avera, and as he's doing the avera, he's also shaking lulav. Therefore, it's a mitzvah that comes directly through your avera at the same time. You're doing the avera. That's why if you do a shinu shame or shinu ma'isa, then you can use the lulav. <laughs> then you right? can use the lulav. Why? Because you can use the lulav because there's no chiyuv of a heishev There's no mitzvah that you don't have to give the lulav back, the gzaila back. So then this comes in in many. Uh, yeah, I mean, he brings many examples, but it's a beautiful. Uh, it really is a beautiful idea that a person can and and it explains lots of things that a person can constantly. The mitzvah continues constantly. The mitzvah continues not only. Not only now, but any time that they can back out of it and they carry on doing it, it's as if they're continuously redoing the mice and they're continuously redoing it. And that's and that's uh, and, and that's just what I wanted to share tonight. Just a quick summary. So we have a machloikas between the Rambam and the Medabrim. The Rambam says that, or the Medabrim says that every moment Hashem physically does an action of creation, He recreates the world. The Rambam says you don't have to recreate the world. The fact that you are the cause of the world and you don't back out on that, you don't stop that happening. Therefore, it's as if he's creating the world. Taking that logic of the Raman further, we can say that any time a person does an action, and then he can backtrack on that action, he can remove that action from the world. Therefore, any, therefore that he, it's as if he's redoing the action. He's not physically doing the action, it's as if he's doing the action. And just to add one more beautiful example of where this comes in. A person comes, he wants to shake Lulav. Okay? He, uh, yeah, let's talk. So a person, a person wants to wants to wants to shake lulav. He shakes his lulav. Beautiful. Now the Gemara in Sukkah says that the the the, the old Yerushalmi Chassidim, the great people in Yerushalayim, they used to shake their lulav. They used to hold their lulav the whole day. Now I ask you, does that mean they never took a break of shaking their lulav? Does that mean they, or what does that mean that they never shook their lulav? That they shook their lulav the whole day? And the same idea that we said by the Kriyachma can be true by that. They shook their lulav. They held their lulav. I'm sure they held their lulav. Some moments, maybe they put it down. But because they had the option of holding their lulav, that lulav, it was as if they held the lulav the whole day. So they shook the lulav all day. They had a chunk of time, as we've discussed before about time, which we don't have to get re-into. But they had this concept of a big chunk of non-divisible time because you chive in the midst for the whole time. Therefore, maybe it was as if they were shaking the lulav the whole time. Yeah, when we said by Kretschma, as if you're saying Kretschma the whole time, and therefore as if you're learning Torah the whole time, and therefore you get a protection from Hashem the whole night. Thank you for listening to Marian Talmud. We hope you found this episode insightful and thought-provoking. As we continue to explore the philosophical concepts of Marian and the Talmud, we encourage you to share your thoughts and questions with us. Let's continue this conversation and deepen our understanding together. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in for our next episode.
episode. Sure.